Profscast with Professor Fensterle and guests. Welcome to the Profcast. My guest today is Dr. Matthias Becker. I'm really happy to have Dr. Matthias Becker from the University of Würzburg here with me. He's a working in stem cells, nuclear proteins, and so on, polycomp. But I think the best thing to do is asking him, Matthias, um, tell me, what is actually your research area? <laughs> <laughs> As you just said, right? I mean, uh, my research area is stem cell biology. I'm interested in the regulation of stem cells. And the regulation of stem cells basically happens inside the nucleus. And that's mostly transcriptional regulation. And there are certain factors that have an influence on transcriptional regulation, not only in stem cells, but also in other cells, certainly, but especially in stem cells. They control the identity of stem cells. Stem cells have very special features. They can self-renew and they can differentiate in different uh, lineages. And how this is controlled, this is what uh, I am actually working on. So, in other words, it's the hot shit of biology. It's totally the hot shit. So, this is, it's incredible. And I have you here. You, so, you're the first guest yeah. in my podcast yeah, and yeah. you're working in an area. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's, that's <laughs> clear. But now you're a researcher at the University of Würzburg. Yeah, right. Could you tell me in, in what group are you or what is the institute? Well, I, or I, the, the, the institute's name is uh, the MSZ. The MSZ, exactly. the famous MSZ. Uh, okay. Yeah. And that's also why we know each other, because I, when I was young yeah. and had full hair, I also worked for a couple of years in this MSZ. You're now at the MSZ, but I, I, would, I would think that your scientific career didn't start at the MSZ. So what, no. where did you study? Where did you... Well, I studied biology in, in Karlsruhe, the beautiful city of Karlsruhe that is actually not really known for uh, biology. <laughs> It's more known for engineering and physics and chemistry, not really for biology, but hey, you can study biology also in Karlsruhe, and it was quite nice. And uh, from there, uh, I, I did my PhD actually in Karlsruhe. There uh, used to be a research center that was originally founded for, uh, for nuclear power research actually, Uh, in the meantime, that has fused with the University of Karlsruhe. It's all called now KIT, the Karlsruhe Institute of Technology. But that, when I was doing my PhD, it was separate. And I did my PhD um, in an institute that actually was founded originally as a place where, where the, the effect of radiation on the body was studied. And then that institute moved on logically into cancer research. So I did my PhD there and from there I moved on to uh, America, to the currently fairly well-known, I think, NIH, because Dr. Fauci is there. Um, uh, I didn't work at that institute. Uh, I worked at the NCI, the National Cancer Institute and the NIH. And from there I went back to Germany, to Würzburg. And that's where we met. 
It's, it's interesting that you started in an institute where it's nuclear power and now you're a nuclear researcher. I always say it's a nuclear <laughs> researcher. I know that this is not the correct, but I yeah. like it. But now knowing your history that you yeah. come from the nuclear power uh. and you go to the <laughs> nucleus in the cells. Yeah. This ah, is wonderful, this isn't is, it? Yeah. Is yeah. there already a film about you, Matthias? No, because no, this not, is, yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but, but all uh, I, are waiting. I doubt it. I doubt I'm quite it sure everything, everybody listening to this yeah. podcast yeah. will already start writing. <laughs> the script about that. So, Karlsruhe, uh, of course, is in Baden, and maybe for the international listeners, I have to confess that um, I'm coming from Schwaben. Matthias comes from Baden, but nevertheless, uh, we are friends. And uh, <laughs> uh, but I had to put the beer out of the yeah. view mm. because, of course, we have a beer which comes from the mm. Badische yeah. Staatsbrauerei. Yeah. It's a public beer, so therefore, I can I can tell that. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, but. Was that always your dream? Uh, when you were a child, did you already dream of being a scientist and working in the nucleus of the cells? No. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. Actually, I started out from a completely different point, actually, really. I, I, I actually went to a high school that was more dedicated towards engineering And I, I, for a long time, I actually saw myself right there, you know, doing engineering or computer science or something like that. And during the time at school, I found out that things can get quite dry with uh, engineering, with computer science. And so I decided, actually fairly spontaneously, at one point in my life that I actually want not wanted to do that and, and rather would go for something that had to do with life, life science. And that's how I got into biology. That's how what, old were you when you decided point. this? When I decided yeah. this, I, I, I'm pretty, pretty sure that it was, let me see, it was 1920, something like that. That's, that's the point when I decided this. Uh, I was, I was the, the, doing my army service, actually. During the army service, <laughs> during you my switched army from service, engineering I was, to yeah, biology. I, I, I really, this was, um, yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, funny enough, you know. Okay. I had to make up my mind what, what I wanted to do after the service. And, uh, and one morning when, I, when we were on an exercise out in the field, I got up out of my tent in the morning and I made that decision. I fairly, I remember that fairly well, actually. <laughs> oh, so that's the bad news, of course, for our German, the German students listening mm. who cannot be in the army anymore. Yeah, yeah, so therefore too, you too cannot bad. do these decisions. <laughs> But um, I think the good news is that it's not necessarily the decision already made in school I becoming think that a is, scientist. So I, is, I, I think that is not really what... what uh, what has to be and perhaps not even what, what should be. I think you have to uh, stay flexible from your mindset. If, you, if you're fixed to some, that can happen, of course. You know, you could be fixed from the beginning on, you know. I don't know what Rembrandt was or, or Van Gogh was, you know, uh, or, or who... I can't ask you know, them for a podcast anymore. Yeah, so far, too, too bad. Yeah, but but whether they were fixed from yeah. the beginning on to be become a, a, a famous painter. But uh, I think uh, it's good to stay a bit open for a while, you know, and, and uh, to, to really make a, a decision when you're a little bit further advanced in your life. Would you opt now uh, still to be, be go into the same area, or would you say, oh, engineering would have been better? 
I think I, I'm, I'm fairly happy with, with my decision. I, I don't know whether I would any time, if I would go back, whether any time I would make the same decision again, but I'm, I'm happy with my decision. Okay. So I'm, I, I, I don't regret it. So it's not that you say, oh, would have I've been car engineer now at Mercedes-Benz, maybe they would have now the best electric cars. Yeah, don't get me started on this. Yeah, I don't regret my, my decision. Okay, stem thankfully. cells, nuclear researcher, as I said. Mm. But why the hell should we care about this area? So what is... Uh, it's, it's, is that really cool? Yeah, it, well, stem cells themselves are pretty cool cells because they are so unique in in what they can because other cells can't what they can they stem cells as i said can self-renew that that means that after any division a new stem cell emerges from a stem cell so that's self-renewal and they can differentiate depending on what cell stem cell we are looking at at what position in, in development this stem cell occurs, uh, it has a, a different potential or a certain potential to go in different directions or certain directions and differentiate in that direction. Yeah. So that is a very interesting feature of these cells. And of course, at the basis of, of many things, of course, on, on development, but you, uh, a lot of factors that I'm working on nowadays are actually also associated with cancer. And uh, one can look at cancer as something like a, a reverse development. Yeah, yeah. For, for one could one back could to say. the stem cell development, kind of. So that, that, that yeah, yeah, like like going back from a differentiated state back to a stem cell de differentiation. De differentiation. Okay, yeah. but uh, if you if you talk about stem cells, do you need to think the same time of the nucleus? Is that really connected? No. Stem cells, nucleus? No, no you, you don't have to think necessarily. I mean, stem cells uh, have, have interesting features. You know, they are metabolically very interesting. Uh, and there you would have perhaps more look into their uh, mitochondria, for example. But you have to look into the nucleus, definitely have to look into the nucleus because their features are in the end, regulated via gene expression, via regulation of gene expression programs. And, uh, of course, that happens in the nucleus. And that's why the nucleus is a very important point, a very important place for a stem cell, because that's where the regulation of its identity in the end really happens. And uh, that's why, why that is so interesting, the cell nucleus in combination with okay but cells. at the end so what we learn in school in biology so gene expression is i have a transcription factor and a regulator which regulates the transcription factor and that's it or is it something else no. which uh, yeah yes it, that, that <laughs> one could say in, in first approximation that's that's pretty much it right i mean you have a you have a signal stem cells are not alone right i mean stem cells are are in in the body or in the developing embryo stem cells are not alone they They live in an environment and that's called the niche. And the niche basically gives signals from the outside to the cell and these signals certainly will end up in the nucleus and these signals then uh, will uh, signal to transcription factors. That's one thing. But there is another uh, thing in stem cells, certainly important for stem cells, and that is 
if you're a stem cell, you certainly don't want to have uh, transcriptional programs switched on that would, you know, define a liver cell or a neuron or whatever. You really want to have this switched out. And you want to have this switched out in the stem cell and the self-renewing stem cell, the cell that originates from the stem cell before. So, so this information, what programs need to be switched out in a stem cell, this information is actually transported through, most likely, at least at, at, a, at a certain level also, through the chromatin. So the chromatin actually is uh, everything that, that the DNA is wrapped in, basically, in the nucleus, right? So the, we, have, we, have, we have histones that uh, basically the DNA is wrapped around and, and packaged in. And you can basically add information to this chromatin. And this information is added via certain uh, protein complexes that have certain enzymatic activities with them, like histone methylation. That's a very important uh, enzymatic activity. So you can, these complexes uh, modify histones, they methylate histones, for example. And this histone methylation is then interpreted by other factors uh, in a way that they know, oh, this gene, set of genes has to be switched out. And uh, it not only has to be switched out in this cell, but also in the cell that uh, originates from the, from the previous cell, after cell division, basically. Okay, and this is also kind of that in this region where you don't need it, you just package then the, the DNA very densely so that... In, in a first uh, approximation, uh, yeah. you, can, you can either package the, the chromatin very densely, so that is, is, uh, means that it's transcriptionally inactive, Or you can open the chromatin, and that means there are certain genes, of course, that are important in, 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 in stem cells, and, and they have to be on all the time. And you can basically open the piece of chromatin. And uh, there are different uh, proteins, different transcription factors. In the end, there are also transcription factors that are responsible for that. So they, they keep chromatin open, they keep chromatin closed, and that is transported through multiple Uh, rounds of cell division even. How this actually happens, this transport of information, so it's, it's you know, histones are sitting on, on a, in a certain area around genes, right? And then the cell divides and of course everything is kind of coming loose, you know? And then after cell division at the same point, you have the same modifications back, you know? And how Friends this really, meet again yeah, after the discussion. <laughs> how this is regulated and how this really happens, how this information is transported from one cell to another, that's really not very clear, still not mm -hmm. clear. Mm -hmm. And whether there, and this comes back to our transcription factors, whether there some signals from the outside don't could play a, a role, that, that's also not clear. You say, I think this is completely interesting how this is... Um, how the new cell then remembers where were all my chromatin guys sitting around. But if you want to create a stem cell from an already differentiated cell, which now people mm. have achieved, but what is the difficulty to do that? Because the, I would say the genetic information is there. So in all cells, that's at mm. least what we learn in school, you have the genetic information. So where is the problem? Well, the, the, the problem is, as a cell differentiates, of course, it will, it will open 
certain chromatin areas that code for factors that are important for the lineage it differentiates in. So there are certain genes that are only expressed in the liver. There are certain genes that are only expressed in the brain. And of course, you, you want to keep these areas then in the differentiated cell open. And of course, in the, in the brain cell, you want to keep the, the areas that are only expressed in the liver, you want to keep them closed. So again, you have the same group of factors that ensure that this is then correctly executed in the differentiated cell. That's fixed. You know, this cell usually doesn't, I mean, the liver cell is a bit different, but, but the neuron, the, the average neuron, is, is that's done, yeah, right? That's terminally differentiated and, and it'll not go into cycle usually and it'll not change its identity under no circumstance. It shouldn't really. If it does, really bad. And you want to take this cell that is terminally differentiated, that has everything fixed, all its programs set you want to take that back to a stem cell state that is completely different. You know, the chromatin of a stem cell, it, it certainly has areas that are inactive transcriptionally, inactive, but a, a very characteristic feature of stem cells also is that uh, the, the cells are ready to go, uh, the, the genes are ready to go in this stem cell. So all those genes, set of genes are, are off in, in stem cells, these genes are still in a state where they're ready to go. You know, if your stem cell goes in a certain direction, you it want to pretty quickly. It want to switch on certain gene sets, and therefore these cell, the, the the whole chromatin is in a much more dynamic state as compared to a neuron. So if you want to put a neuron or a heart cell, a heart muscle cell back to this state, you have to overcome many yeah barriers that are fixed where the chromatin is packed in a very certain state. And that you have to un unravel. And that is possible, actually. Interesting. But that it was long thought that it's not possible yeah. nowadays. It became possible. But this has a lot to do with this uh, with this uh, proceedings in chromatin research and so on at yeah. the other, at the, yeah. on the other yeah. hand. Okay. It happens on uh, the chromatin level. It happens there. So maybe let's come to, to your research. What, what would you say? Um, of course, you have published already a couple of papers, but what would you say? What is your favorite papers, paper of your papers? What I like most of my, they're, they're, well, they're, every, it's, uh, papers are li like little kids, right? You don't have a really special one. You have some, some, some features about your kids that you like a lot. You Nevertheless, know? I'm happy that I have more papers than kids. <laughs> <laughs> Although I love my yeah, kids, by me, the way. Me too, yeah, okay. me, me, me too. But, but anyway, it's, it's a bit like that, right? So I, um, I, one, of my, one of my research fields actually is, is coming back to, to how, how does the, outside talk to these factors that actually are making sure that certain chromatin states are fixed or not you know mm -hmm. in a at a certain point you know you have to talk to these factors because um, the, these fixed states are reversible also yeah and so some somehow the outside has to talk to the inside and and there are two papers that i i, I really like that that show basically that Uh, two different pathways uh, actually can talk to uh, one set of uh, factors, and these are polycomb group factors, mm -hmm. and they're to a special protein, and that is, is BMI1, that, that can talk from the outside to this factor, and this factor then changes its, its behavior, and, and the cell changes its behavior. So I, I like that, that idea I like a lot. How Actually. does this talking happen when you describe that well, in this it's paper? Well, it's, it's basically signaling. I don't know 
How much did you tell your students about Not spelling? Not yet, you tell them. So that's, that's a, <laughs> they, they learn out of your paper. Well, the, well, the, the, current, yeah. the current, well, signaling is, is you have a signal from the outside that can be a growth factor or, well, or, or developmental factor, and that has this cognate uh, receptor on the outside of a cell, on the cell membrane, and it binds to that uh, that receptor, and from there you you have an event in, in at this receptor at the inside a phosphorylation event, mm -hmm. for example. But in, in the case and that of is the then transported yeah. to the nucleus. Yeah. This yeah. signal is then transported to yeah. the nucleus, and ends up either at a transcription factor or it can also end up, as we showed, at these polycomb group proteins. Okay, and where does this BMA, BMI come into play now? In what uh, at what level? The, the BMI actually is in in the nucleus. It is the factor that sits on the chromatin, and mm -hmm. it is a factor that is involved in permanently closing. Okay, transcription. So it's a member of these polycomb proteins. It's or? a member of the polycomb group okay. factors. Yeah. It's a polycomb group factor. Polycomb is is an interesting name, perhaps. Somebody asks, what, where's this name coming from? Where is this name coming ah, from? Matthias? There you go. Yeah. Where is it coming from? <laughs> uh, a polycomb, you know, is, is uh, these factors, uh, th there are two groups of factors. So on the one side, there is polycomb. These are the ones that, that are involved in, in shutting down transcription. And then there is tritorax. These are the factors on the, that have the opposite function that, that keep transcriptional states uh, open or transcriptional states up. And both factors actually are derived from, from, from drosophila genetics. The polycomb actually has its name from in, in earlier times, in the 70s and 80s, there was these uh, mutagenesis experiments done with drosophila and uh, polycomb has its name from uh, a mutation that leads to extra sex combs on the legs of, of drosophila. That's where the name polycomb is coming from. So that's the original mutation that is behind these molecules, this set of molecules. So they lead to this uh, mutation and thrithorax, uh, tri-thorax, Uh, comes to an identity from an identity change. If you change, if you mutate one of the proteins of these complexes, you have a change of the identity in in the thorax region of the Drosophila. That's where these names come from, and that's interestingly they they are there in in Drosophila. They they are have an influence on the development of the Drosophila fly, and later on they were identified also in 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 vertebrates, but also in in plants. You know, you can find uh, similar factors. And and that's that's quite interesting that this Drosophila thing, what what usually you would think is so far away from humans and so on, many many findings came from there. Also, as yeah. an immunologist, yeah. but as an immunologist, I have to tell you what I like more is that these toll-like receptors come yeah. from that, yeah. and uh, this comes simply from uh, Christine Lustein Vollhardt. Shouted out toll when the discovery yeah. was yeah. made, and the cofactor is Spätzle. Yeah, and this is of course. <laughs> of so course. therefore, so I mean, therefore please, I, this is why I have yeah. I came up with immunology yeah. in yeah. My, my profession because yeah. they are the better proteins. And, and the interesting <laughs> thing is that these toll-like receptors they actually were identified as a developmental factors. And what we found in one of my more favorite papers, which is quite a time back now, but what we found is that this toll-like receptor signaling, the TLR4 actually, that is uh, expressed on monocytes actually. This signals, is LPS, by the way, the TLR4 usually for LPS. Yeah, 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 yeah. LPS, uh, it, 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 LPS yeah. signals to BMI1. 
So, so that is that is very very interesting. I thought, and and it sort of brings you back to this original uh, developmental aspect, and you go into a monocyte of a of a, <laughs> of, a of a vertebra, and there you are. You know, you you still have uh, some kind of connection between these factors, and and the context changed, but but they still talk to each other. I, I should thought have that was read fascinating. Your old papers, ah, I see. dude, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought that is a very, very interesting <laughs> thing, you know. And uh, so, yeah, we've we've also found that uh, the GSK three uh, is is actually involved in signaling to uh, this factor, this BMI one, in a totally different cell type, though. Um, but this is usually wind signaling. Pathway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is wind signaling downstream of another developmental pathway, and uh, that then was what we we looked at in in the differentiation of so-called mesenchymal. Uh, yeah, these are all pathways which go to BMI one. But yes, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it's the Rome of the yeah, it's of Rome the of, you, know, yeah. you know how it it's, is. It's, but it's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the end, you know, you can say, of course, you know, you you look hard enough and long enough, and you'll find everything connected <laughs> to everything you know so um <laughs> yeah so no, but I, I i stay with this tall uh tall like receptor four because that i like most the yeah, other one yeah, I, I simply yeah. neglect yeah, but <laughs> this is this is an older one yeah. uh, we recently also switched to uh, another factor of the tritorax family so these are the proteins that keep chromatin open and that factor is termed adm6a and and that is a very interesting protein Do you wait for someone to ask? Tell me why is this such an interesting protein? Oh, yes. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. Tell me. No, well, well the, the, the interesting. It has. It has really. It's a. It has really very interesting features. One of it is is that it is a demethylase. Okay, it's a lysine specific demethylase. And for a long time, you know, uh, histone methylation was thought to be a one-way road. You know, you have factors that set a methylation mark and the methylation mark only disappears when the histone disappears because uh, uh, that is um, thermodynamic. <laughs> Thermodynamically. <laughs> Not a very favorable process, I think, especially... Good that you didn't become engineer because they yeah, have the thermodynamics. Yeah, totally. I tell uh, you, that would have not worked at all. You know, I would have always had a knot in my, in my tongue. No, uh, so... Especially with, I think, with arginine methylation, that is really not a, not an easy thing to do. So, and uh, to to reverse yeah, this okay. methylation, mm -hmm. and so so you have lysine specific methylations on histones, you have arginine specific methylation, and for a long time it was thought that is just irreversible. And now in the in the early 2000s, actually, uh, one discovered these these groups of of demethylases that have via different uh, mechanisms they can demethylate histones. Okay. So that was the first surprising thing, mm. you know. And of course now you can you can set uh, these these histone marks, these methylation marks that are really were thought to be rock solid. And also associated to rock solid transcriptional state, you can reverse this. Mm -hmm. yeah? Nothing is more, any more rock solid. Now. Yeah, this is, it's all fluid. Uh, uh, you know? yeah, it's yeah. all <laughs> it's all the process, it's all fluid. You know, so so that is a very interesting thing. And what I find currently very interesting, which catches my my tendency more and more, is that that UTX or KDM 6 A is also called UTX, and it's called UTX for its uh, association with the X chromosome. 
So that means females have two copies of this gene. And males have only one copy of this gene. Ah, okay? okay. So there is a, a, a disbalance or an imbalance, sorry, an imbalance between male and female. And one could have say, of course, okay, so, you know, it's, it's silenced because it, it's, it's on, the, on the X chromosome. So it's silenced. One copy is silenced and the other copy is, is kept active. But no, UTX escapes X chromosome silencing. So it's one of these few genes that actually escape, escapes that. So that means female individuals, mouse, men, they have two copies active of uh, this gene and males only have one copy active. The but world is not fair. No, no, no. <laughs> well, it is, it is a bit fair. It is a bit fair, but, uh, you know, it, uh, males have on their Y chromosome a so-called UTY. So that's KDM6C. But that KDM has a mutation in its uh, enzymatic domain. So it's enzymatically inactive. So females have two copies of UTX or KDM6A, which is enzymatically active, and males have only one copy of this enzymatic activity, whereas the other copy is enzymatically inactive. This balance, you know, that may have really interesting implications for, you know, perhaps also for, you know, everybody talks about gender, and actually it's, it's sex-specific diseases, or, or, or how, a, how a disease actually turns out Sex are the diseases already associated with these uh, with these genes? Is that something known, or is that uh... well? What, what we are currently looking at is is the reaction to heart infarction, mm. and what we are also looking at is the immune system, the development of the immune system. So that's where the stem cell aspect comes into. The heart infarction actually is a, a secondary project that sort of evolved later on. But we first were actually interested in the hematopoietic stem cell. Mm. So the hematopoietic system, of course, also has a stem cell at its basis from which all the different cells of the hematopoietic system actually develop. And we, we started out with looking in the function of KDM6A in the differentiation of hematopoietic cells. Yeah, at the end, it's, it's also corona because we know that uh, men and, and are... That <laughs> <laughs> and that is very interesting. And that is very interesting. You know, I just today... Your protein explains uh, uh, everything. Tell, um, no, If well, I would have known that, I would have uh, bought yeah, a, a, you a know. bit more beer. Now we have just two bottles yeah, here. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's is, a bummer, yeah, is, really, <laughs> but I must say. But, but it, it really is interesting because actually, uh, if you take out what, what we found is uh, or what others found before us and, and we yeah we also found it in a, in a different setting but well, if you take out KDM6A and, and KDM6B so there's another KDM6 I have to say it's KDM6A B and C so if you take out A and B so they both have this demethylase activity A and B C doesn't but if you take out A and B actually the differentiation into uh, CD4 plus T cells actually Is, is not working So you completely. lose your T-helper cells and orchestration you, you, of your you immune system. You tend to lose yeah, yeah. T-helper cell function. So there is an effect at the immune system okay. if you take that out. And there are, there are other effects. There are, there's also an effect at B-cell 
differentiation. That's, this is what we, we were looking in in a, in a paper that is not yet published. I can't talk too much about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really am not. <laughs> but um, th yeah, so we are looking in the B cell lineage and, and that is actually also quite interesting. So yeah, so this is a, a protein or a factor that I find pretty interesting in recent times and that I'm focusing more actually in recent times. We take that to have a cheers on these factors. And yeah, then, totally. Yeah. totally. <laughs> so uh, we talk now about um, uh, the findings, which is really interesting. Now we, we come even from the stem cells, we are now at Corona. But what I'm also interested in is um, we talked about this BMI papers. And uh, also, of course, many students are our listeners. So what I would like to hear from you, uh, what methods do you use in your research? What um, mm -hmm. It's typically used in your lab as a method or as a method. Typically. Well, as, you, as you're looking at chromatin, we are, of course, doing something like uh, what is known as chromatin IP. So you basically precipitate, huh? you, you do chip or chip. Yeah, that's, that's what it's called. So you basically cross-link your, your histones and your factors that interact with chromatin uh, to each other. And then you precipitate that with different antibodies. And then you reverse this crosslink, you, you release the DNA that is wrapped inside this piece of chromatin, and then you can do a PCR or you can do a, a global deep sequencing approach basically to, to get everything that is precipitating with your certain antibody that is typically linked to or that typically recognizes a histone modification, for example. You can identify everything, all the sequences actually, mm. actually that are associated with this modification. Basically, so this is one thing we are doing on a fairly regular basis. We are also doing global transcriptional analysis, also deep sequencing approaches. We are, of course, employing in vitro differentiation assays. We did in vitro differentiation to the hematopoietic system. We also have mesenchymal stem cells, so-called mesenchymal stem cells, that you can differentiate into the uh, adipogenic, so fat cell direction or bone or cartilage. And we, we also, one project that I haven't talked about, uh, and I think uh, I'm not going to talk about it because it's just too much, uh, we also differentiate into the neuronal direction. Okay. Embryonic stem and cells. And microscopy also is still... And of course microscopy, yes. Microscopy is... Uh, I actually started out with a lot of microscopy because I was actually originally more molecular oriented, basically. So I was studying really the dynamics of chromatin-associated factors, so really looking at them and, and doing something like FRAP, called FRAP analysis, fluorescence recovery after photobleaching. That's the, the term. Uh, I don't do that nowadays. So this really needs some high-tech laser scanning microscopes and stuff like that. I'm nowadays not doing that anymore, unfortunately. There would certainly be interesting... Um, approaches or certainly interesting projects but uh, there's only so much you can do um, so that shifted away from that a bit so we're using microscopy mainly to document so do we really or do we most likely see uh, a differentiated cell here you know mm -hmm. does it really express uh, the factors at the right position in the cell that one would expect to be expressed at that and that position so especially interesting or, or important for neurons for example so this is we're still doing microscopy and of course what we're also doing is uh, we, we 
we we try to genetically modify our cells. So we we are always interested in. So if we have this factor interacting with that factor, so what happens if we take one of the factors away? You know, yeah, yeah. and uh, traditionally or before the, the new time of CRISPR was dawning, uh, we did that via. Uh, as iRNA yeah. or as hRNA approaches, and now we're doing a lot of CRISPR-Cas to, to take out factors like that very quickly, and that works like a charm. And uh, so this is also something that we're doing on a very regular basis. Okay. Matthias, now this is, of course, the best lab is your lab, but nevertheless, <laughs> if, if, uh, if we think of other labs, where do you say where is that, that there is a very heart of stem cell research? Where would you say if I... If you, If I would ask oh, you for a lap. Um, that always depends on what stem cell you're looking at, right? I mean, that that really depends on 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 what what stem cell well, you're looking at. There is not the stem cell. There is this not is the stem cell, and there is not the stem cell lab. You know, so for 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 uh, hematopoietic stem cells, I, I would certainly go for Irv Weissman's lab, for example. You know, and and there are other there are other uh, labs. And also labs that work on, on very different facets of stem cell biology that are just very good. It's a broad field and it has a, a very broad uh, community, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are good labs all over the place, actually. Yeah? Sometimes people say that there is no stem cell research in Germany. Now, you're already an exception but could you <laughs> underline that or is that is yeah, that it's, true it's, or what where's the problem there was a lot of uh, a lot of hype done around stem cell mm. research you know stem cells were in, in principle you know that was seen as the promise you know you can basically use this as a as a replacement store right for you you lose you lose a leg you know we have the stem cell you know so we replace it you, you lose an organ i bring you a toe Exactly. <laughs> you, 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 you lose your liver, we have it for you, you know. And, and it's not that easy. It definitely isn't all that easy, you know. There are, nowadays, I think there are currently something like 10 protocols for human embryonic stem cells. 10 protocols, perhaps a little bit more, where you can really differentiate this human embryonic stem cells into a certain direction and really prove that the cell type you end up with after all this, what you did to it, really is functionally the cell type that you're looking for. And this is only one cell type. We're not talking about tissues. Uh, and that's a whole different uh, a whole different bargain then, you know, if you want to replace tissues, you know. So that is really, really difficult. The, the promise behind the stem cell, I think, is, is very difficult to achieve that's yeah. in the end, you know. But uh, there is progress on this field and there is very interesting progress on this field. There are really approaches that are already used and uh, are fairly, fairly far advanced that where you can really use embryonic stem cells, human embryonic stem cells, or nowadays the iPS cells, the induced pluripotent stem cell. This is what we talked about mm -hmm. in the beginning, that you reverse a, a, a differentiated cell back to its embryonic state artificially, and then you take this as a starting point to go into whatever direction you want. There are some, some really interesting Uh, projects ongoing and, and they are fairly far advanced and uh, one of the things that are, I guess will be in application, in clinical application is uh, 
the the replacement of islet cells or or the, the function of the islet cell, for example, in the pancreas, that I, I could see develop. Would you see there is still a? Would you say that there is still a regulatory problem here in Germany to work with stem cells? Is there a large restriction on researchers or what you really feel in the lab, or is that? Uh, Well, but there are restrictions as soon as you start working with human embryonic stem cells. That really is uh, a big uh, thing, basically. That really is not easy to achieve. But that is the same, I think, all over Europe, perhaps with an exemption of, of Britain, I guess, where it may be more easy. There are differences between countries, certainly, but it is fairly restricted in Germany. And um, uh, since uh, we don't have in, in the US, you know, you have a privately funded mm. branch, basically, of science, and you have a, a government funded branch of, of science. So the government funded branch basically is as strict as, as the German branch, but the privately funded sector is, is more liberal, basically. So mm. we don't have that. We don't have this uh, two paths Okay. That you can go by. <laughs> But now, as we have these induced uh, embryo, uh, induced stem cells where you can differentiate it back, it makes the situation better. That certainly makes the situation better. It, it is actually quite easy. If you, if you think about it, you know, uh, from the ethical point of view, it's, it's not that... In the end, you know, you want to prove that your iPS cell actually really is a pluripotent human stem cell, you know. And if you if you come to you know if you come to that point where, where you where you have to prove that, then you have to use as a control a human embryonic stem cell, right? And and that's where where you then may see some problems, right? So, but but other than that, I think it really was an improvement. Um, after all this hype about stem cells and all these promises that in the end were not really fulfilled, perhaps. The, the level one would have envisioned or would have liked to see, you know, the, the, the interest, I think, in stem cells has a bit cooled down in Germany, unfortunately, because we can learn a lot from stem cells on basic research. We can learn a lot for development, for organ function and development, and for development of cancer. All these factors that we've talked about, KDM6A, BMI1, They're all cancer-relevant factors. They're all expressed in cancer, and they all don't do good things in cancer. <laughs> yeah. And to understand what their actual function is, you know, that uh, is is very interesting and and still worthwhile funding, definitely. Coming back to this ethical issue, mm. now you can de-differentiate now uh, body cells back into stem cells, into pluripotent stem cells. People can now differentiate egg cells from, from stem cells. People can differentiate now sperm cells from uh, stem cells. <laughs> so if I take a, a skin sample of you and of someone else, mm -hmm. I could create in vitro you could in, in principle, in principle could, create a new kid and um, there which is, is no then law. your son or daughter <laughs> there's no law that would prevent it actually oh no. i'm not really sure whether you can really differentiate or get a functional excel i'm pretty sure a sperm works you know there there are reports of of excels that are but but where they are really functional Let's say that works, you know, then in principle you could you could generate an egg cell and the sperm out of one person and then do fertilization in vitro and then implant that into a mother. 
as a surrogate mother. And then you could generate an embryo basically out of, out of one person. But why on earth would you do it? So I think there is ethics and stem cell research is something which should be considered also in the future. Now, you talked about money and get funding. Now, this is a, um, an interesting thing because, as you said, um, in, in the States, you have this private funding, public funding. In, in Germany, we mainly have public funding. Where do you get for your money from? So if I give you 10 euro, could you <laughs> go and um, then it's the first private funding? Or what, where did you get the money from? I don't actually know. I mean, yes, one, one could do that. One can have private funding, but it's not that easy, I think. It's, it has to go through, of course, uh, uh, the university and, and it, it is, it's not that easy to get private funding through, really. There are there will not will not be much interest, left of this ten euros. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's not going to be much left of it, you know. So Certainly and there, therefore, public funding. Where public do you apply funding. If the you DFG go for? actually is is a is a is a funding agency that that I every once in a while try to get money from. Okay, and that's also for stem cell research. You would say this is um, that's, that's that's the number one agency for funding the research. It's or? the number one agency for funding period <laughs> and also for for stem cell research for for any hypothesis driven research actually you know okay. so so you have other funding agencies that you know you want to develop a technique or whatever you know then perhaps the bmbf uh, is, is more appropriate appropriate yeah so, for example, that, that would be, or if you have a very specific interest in cancer, you know, we have another agency that is the Mildred Stiftung, mm. for example. Okay. That, that would then be uh, more for a, a specific interest, you know. So, there are, there's not only the DFG, there are other funding agencies, but depending on, on what you really want to look at, um, not all funding agencies can be asked for money, basically. Now, after I've talked to you, I feel uh, it's really interesting, this nuclear stuff. I didn't know about that, all of that. And mm. I decide tomorrow I write a funding application mm -hmm. to the DFG. That's good. And um, <laughs> as you know, I can talk and I can write. <laughs> how do you think, how are my um, chances to get a funding? Ah, not, if you if you haven't worked in the field, if you don't have a track record of, 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 work that you can show look you know this is where it comes from this is my thinking this is what i documented so far these are the other applications that i worked on successfully you know success is always a, a big uh, thing that plays a role <laughs> and and if you if you can't show that you know you have a hard time getting funded so in other words with my track with my track record uh, in uh, stem cell research which is about to be zero uh, you would say a dfg application uh, will be uh, difficult difficult <laughs> so if, if if for example there is a stem cell researcher that has a very specific for whatever reason you know it's a bit far-fetched for perhaps you know but has a, a for whatever reason an immunological interest you know and he wants to put you on the boat basically you know Together because the with BMI him. one toll like yeah. receptor, and I bring in the Spätzle, for example. For example, you know, so so if that if you can if you if you find a buddy, you know, who has a track record in the field, and you come in with your expertise that fits to this project, then it would be possible to to also contribute to such a project. But from yourself, just waking up one morning and saying, "Look, this is what I'm gonna do." 
Ah, that's, ah that's the, the idea has to be really, really brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it's also, I think it's also a bit protecting um, funding agencies, which, which yeah. at the end are public totally. uh, to throw away yeah. public money to has people to be like that. who just have an idea. Uh, it has to be like that's that. It. Otherwise, that's, um, otherwise, you know, this is also going through a peer review process, basically. So... So every every application, grant application, is not only being looked at by the, the, the funding agency itself, but the funding agency then sends out these applications to peers, other researchers in your field, that this funding agency assumes have some 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 standing and some some knowledge about the field, which is mostly the case. This is how the this peer review process works, you know. So they then will uh, basically write a review on this grant and say, look, you know, this is a great idea and the guy has a great track record, so give him the money. Or they will say, ah, perhaps <laughs> a little bit too premature, you know, and, and he needs to work on it a bit more. Come for again example. in 20 years. Ah, come early. <laughs> ah, well, no, but... 18. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's a tough competition. By the way, competition, now, now just at the end, we talked now a lot about stem cells, obviously where, where you work in, and of course you're fascinated of the field, and I think all of us now uh, are fascinated. You, yeah. you, you so did to, it, Matthias, totally, so we're all totally, now totally. fans of stem yeah, cell research. Totally. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I will, I will then um, print shirts and so on yeah, that the people yeah, can totally, directly totally. buy yeah, after yeah, yeah. the podcast. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But... There are many fields in biology. So if you lean back and say, what is at present, in your opinion, the hot shit in biology? Oh. Besides stem cells. <laughs> the hot shit in biology. Well, uh, everything turned around. That is my from looking through the papers currently, you know, uh, sort of uh, with, with this pandemic situation, you know, There's a, a quite a, a shift that happened towards infection biology and stuff. You know, currently that's at least my impression that I see. There, that how 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 long lasting that is, I I don't really know. But this is what what currently is is very seems to be very interesting. And then still, you know, I think that all these applications of CRISPR-Cas is if we talk about the biomedical field, you know. That is it seems to be a pretty pretty hot stuff, you know. Can you make this into therapies? Can you make this into, you know, for, for example, screening for COVID nineteen? <laughs> They also came up with a with a CRISPR Cas approach for that. Mm -hmm. So um, that also is is a pretty interesting thing. And, and then I there hear are from course, you as an I, I'm coming from infection biology, yeah. and I hear from you now that infection biology is the hot yeah, shit. This know, is something I, know, I would I have never dreamed of. I, but this, uh, but, <laughs> but there are, you know, perhaps this is also. But you, you also I, said maybe short living. I, 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 I've, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, my my interest also. I mean, that my my interest also kind of shifted a bit. You know. I'm more looking into, you know, papers that talk about the immune checkpoint, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's also very interesting, PD1L PD and stuff L, like that. So, so, so that, yeah. of course, then links into cancer mm -hmm. on the one side, but also into the immune, immune system. Yeah. Okay. And um, that also seems to be 
at least it catches my attention. I think it's very interesting. So um, th there was a kind of a shift in, in recent times because of, of this uh, pandemic situation, of course. And before that, I think it, there was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of uh, this, this fascination still going on for the CRISPR-Cas field. What can be done with it? What can it be turned into? How can it be applied? Can you cure AIDS? Whatever, you know. Yeah, Matthias, but I would say... I'm so happy that I had you here. <laughs> I, 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 thank you very much. Yeah, so we, we learned welcome. a lot about stem cells. Yeah. We see the students see there is enough room for them. So mm -hmm. if they have finished their uh, bachelor now and master and PhD, there is still something left. So yeah, um, totally. this is really there's cool. There's always something left <laughs> yeah, <there's> <laughs> for <laughs> the <laughs> next generation, yeah. you know, and there's yeah, always, is... you can always come to a completely new view, you know, and it is possible, you know, it, it happens, you know, you can always turn around things and look at them completely new. And that's the, the wonderful thing about our, our science, basically, that you can... You shouldn't have become an engineer. I think this is, I think that's clear <laughs> that this is not the case. Yeah, so again, yeah. thanks a lot. So it was, a, it was a real pleasure to have you here. As the first guest, I, I, I now feel that I have the, f the best guest now already as the first guest. Who should follow? Yeah, I don't but, know. Um, but it was, a, it was a real pleasure. <laughs> Although I know that uh, with respect to football, we're not in the same league. No, yeah. we're not in the same league. That's yeah. true. That's yeah, true. This is, um, but, but still, I think also the KSC uh, will make it next uh, season into the Bundesliga. Uh, I, 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 don't, I, I, don't say, I don't want that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think I don't want that. <laughs> but yes, I, of course you will get a present afterwards. Yeah, I have, totally. I've now yeah, forgotten them. It? Again, it was a pleasure. And mm. thank you very You're much. You're welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> okay. At the end, I want to thank the listeners for joining us in this podcast. I hope you also enjoyed it very much and learned a lot about stem cells. As a reminder, the shortened versions of the podcast are available on YouTube. And now I would like to say goodbye and hopefully we hear or see again next time when I welcome my next guest. Goodbye. <laughs>